Hey guys, how's it going? This is Ben Heron and this is the Guy Talk Podcast. Podcast done a lot for me and I hope this podcast does a lot for you. Today you're going to be listening to myself and another guest. We're going to be talking about our knowledge, our experiences, our stories, having a bit of banter. So yeah, listen up, enjoy, make some notes and let us know what you took away. I have on today Brian Keane. Brian Keane is a guy I've been following for a long time now. He is... Um, a very hard-working guy, he's from down in Galway, and he's turned into a massive success within the fitness industry, but not only just within the sort of personal training realms, he's also now uh, helping other um, businesses, he's setting himself challenges and things like that. So yeah, Brian, who are you and what have you done to get to where you are now? Uh, firstly, Ben, thanks so much for having me on, like, I'm really looking forward to just having the conversation back and forth. Um, yes, so as you said there, I kind of <laughs> jack of all trades. When, when I hear a description, I'm always like, man, I really need to focus in on what I'm doing. Um, <laughs> but yeah, down in Galway, and I kind of do a lot of different things. So my background was, I used to be a primary school teacher. That was kind of my real job before I effectively went into the fitness industry seven or eight years ago and started working as a personal trainer. And over the space of a couple of years I went from personal training one-to-one to building classes to building up a business to building up bringing in trainers with me to moving online and then over the last four or five years everything kind of changed a bit of trajectory in the sense that now I work with a lot of other businesses personal trainers fitness people helping them build their business and then in my personal kind of brand is everything from everything in general fitness because I used to compete as a bodybuilder I played GA all my life and then I went into fitness modeling and competitive bodybuilding. Um, and now I run ultra marathons and do triathlon. So it's kind of just changed over the last several years and kind of ebbed and flowed. Um, so yeah, we can go in any direction and <laughs> talk whatever you want to talk on. But that's just a little bit of a background on me in terms of the business, in terms of fitness, etc. Let's talk about your most recent big challenge where you were running through the desert. What exactly were you doing? How was it all set up? How did you go about that? Tell me all about that. So the most recent challenge was in April of, which will be last year, um, in April 2018, was 250 kilometers through the Sahara Desert self-sufficient. So effectively six back marathons, carrying your food on your back, camping, um, and then just you know getting up every day, running another marathon through the Sahara. Um, and... It's one of those challenges that, well, for me, just to give you a bit of a background and anyone listening that's not familiar with me, look, I'm not built to run marathons full stop. Like, I'm 85 kilos, played GA all my life, used to compete as a bodybuilder, I was a professional fitness model. I'm short and stocky, I'm built like a hobbit. Like, and <laughs> I'm trying to run an ultra marathon through the desert um, and not really fully designed for it. But I ran my first ever marathon in January of last year to prepare for April and running six back-to-backs through the desert. And it was a case that I heard about this in an event. <coughs> I was I was at an event in um, Amsterdam the year before in 2017. And I met a friend who's actually since became a really good friend of mine, Tom Otten. He's a very successful entrepreneur in Dubai. And he was telling me about this six back-to-back marathons in the desert. And I was like, well, firstly, I was like, what's an ultramarathon? Because on the day five, it, the two of the marathons run back to back in terms of there's a 20, there's a 48-hour th- th- limit and it's 86 kilometers and you've got to run straight through the night. 
And he was, t- I was like, what's an ultra marathon? He was like, oh, well, it's a marathon, but more, but longer. Um, and he was telling me about the time restrictions that if you had to get a um, uh, an IV or anything like that, they took two hours off your time. You know, all these yeah. crazy things that the people running through the desert do in this marathon to sob. And I was like, that sounds class. I was like, I totally want to do that. So I started researching it. And I had never really ran at this point. I, I'd done a couple of things like Tough Mudder, which are kind of more fun and you can walk a lot of it. And I decided that, you know what, I'm not 100% sure if I can do this. And that's kind of what gave me the spur to go and do it. I'm like, right, it's been a long time, several years since I've been really afraid of attacking something. And that was kind of the, my catalyst for signing up for it. So I started training the first day been man like i put it on my snapchat story back when snapchat was big i did two kilometer run on a treadmill and i thought i was gonna get sick if this was august of 2017 i thought i was going to spew and i was like oh my god what am i after signing up for but again like everything you get better at it i went from two kilometer runs into three kilometers and then i went from three to five and then i went from five to ten and then i went from ten to twenty and i built up and did a marathon in january and then ran through the desert in the Sahara in April, um, which is the most incredible experience, best thing I've ever done physically, because it's like running on Mars. You know, you're running through, there's a few other runners, a few hundred other runners, and you're run, running through, and there's no life there. There's there's nothing. You know, it's just you and the other people that are there. You're running, past, like, I'm terrified of snakes. Like, you're running past snakes and scorpions, like, trying to get to your next destination it's for the next day to camp out and then do, do it all again. Like it, it, it's it, it was brutal. My feet were mangled by the end of it. Um, like I had to use poles to walk for three days because I just all the skin on my feet were gone. Um, but it was it was it was incredible. But that was uh, yeah, that was the most recent one, most recent challenge. And like, how, so from that two kilometers until April, what was the time to train for that? Uh, so that two kilometers went was in August. So August. September, October, November, December, January, February, March, and I ran it in April. Um, so that was the timeline. Now, it's funny because I, now I have a fitness background, obviously. I played sport all my life. So the transition, I don't recommend anybody start. <laughs> I've never ran a marathon or anything. Be like, ah, yeah. I'm going to go run the marathon and run to the desert. Um, I had a good basis of fitness in the sense that I had been active in playing sport and again I, I'm very schooled up in sports nutrition etc so that side I was able to adapt pretty quickly so my body actually adapted really well the first month was horrible like August and September like I was like oh my god I'm never going to get any better at running and then it was kind of like a switch when I went from got comfortable doing a 10k I was able to do a 20k really comfortably and then I ran the marathon in Dubai which was the one I ran the marathon in Dubai in January with a backpack and a hoodie to try and prepare myself for the heat and I ran that really comfortably so it kind of gave me a bit of a false sense of comfort coming into the marathon so I was like oh yeah it was fine but not thinking you got to do another five of these in like 40 degree heat but uh yeah, it, that was the timeline from, from August of 2017 to April 2018, from the two-kilometer runs to to not dying in the desert. <laughs> and did you lose muscle during that, this training period? 
Um, I didn't. I didn't lose a lot. Now, I had prepared myself to, one, I prepared myself to lose muscle, and two, I actively tried to lose a bit because because the marathon assault is self-sufficient, you're carrying all your food on your back. You're in the desert for eight days and you're running for six, and you're carrying all your food on your back. I, I had the thought process that every kilo I could drop off my body was an extra kilo I could potentially put in my bag for food. And... But I didn't drop any. Now, I, I don't lose muscle very easy. Like, I grew up on a farm. I've got farmer genetics. I'm short and stuck. As I said, built like a hobbit. You know, short legs, short arms. I don't really lose size easily. Um, and even now, you know, I'm, I'm preparing for an Arctic Circle run in February. And I'm running 50 to 100 kilometers a week. And I don't lose size running. Also... I have a huge appetite, so my calories don't drop. I lost size in the desert because I ran out of food on the last day. But in the training to it, I didn't because my calories were still at three, 4,000 um, because I don't struggle with eating food. And also my protein was high because I needed it for recovery because of the amount of distance I was doing every day. And I kept weight training. I didn't stop my normal workouts. I still did my minimum effective dose on hypertrophy or strength work. And then I was doing my runs on top of that. Um, so I actually didn't lose a lot of size coming into it, even though I intentionally tried to drop a few kilos with the intention of putting that kilo back into my rook so that I could carry more food. No, like, that's probably obvious. Well, is your highlight of your sort of training career, I'm guessing. Um, one thing that I love about yourself is you're so raw and you've had some low points what like what's made you overcome those low points to now building up to that massive success um well she's like a pick a million <laughs> there's been so many like this is the thing sometimes from the outside and again success is completely subjective to each person um and there's people that you know will, will look at me and go yeah he's super successful and there's other people like oh he's not that successful it's completely relative and every person is the same from my version of success is very different for me my version of success is working and living life on my own terms getting to see my mum every day getting to hang out and play with my daughter getting to train and, and effectively do things that i love to do so that's my version of success and it looks different to every single person and every different person individually but a lot of it has kind of been fueled out of the lows and, and i've had a million Ben, i could pick any like from when i made transitions from because i was working full-time as a teacher and then I started working as a personal trainer and I wanted to go into fitness. I had a lot of feedback, a lot of um, pushback from family members, from people close to me. Um, and, I, and I went broke three times in the starting up my business uh, um, because I blew all my cash the first two times. I didn't have enough clients the second time. And this is my third attempt. Um, now, I've been very fortunate in the living I make and the life that I have now, you know, the success of the book, the different things I do with the podcast, etc. Um, and I make a very good living now and I speak a lot of my time now has been speaking and consulting with different people. But that came off the back of going bro broke three times. That's why I'm generally very good at working with personal trainers and fitness people on their business because I've been on the other extreme. I've been on the other low of having, you know, having to go down the back of my couch to get money for the bus to go down to the bank when I lived in London so that I could pay my rent that month. Like, so I have those reference points. You know, I have those points when you're training that two kilometers when you're feeling sick and you're sitting in a dressing room for an hour going, what am I after signing up for? Like, there are low points. After a certain stops, seeing them as lows because they're just feedback on a different direction that you may need to take 
And you're generally just using that feedback to become stronger and become more well-informed when you're making decisions going forward. So now every obstacle that, I ever, that ever comes in my way, I always know it's a stepping stone to something better. And it just becomes a contextual reframe on any given situation. Um, but I've had a million of them from personal and business to fitness. Um, I, I, I don't even know where to start with that. But uh, probably the biggest one was, was making the jump from going from a full-time job hearing all the voices of people close to me, friends and family, thinking I was an idiot, telling me telling me as much because you're leaving a well-paid, good job, you know, good holidays, decent pay to go start your own thing. Um, and then again, ladder against the right wall. You know, that one of the things that I regularly say on my podcast is that you're better to be at the bottom of the ladder against the right wall than halfway up the ladder against the wrong wall. And that's kind of how it went. And that was a real low point because you have to push through that because when you're hearing negative feedback from friends and family members and people who you would hope would have supported you, it's hard to go against that noise, but you got to stay really focused on the signal and just go for the thing that you know is right for you. Um, I don't regret it, any any of it, because it made me stronger. You get mentally tougher by pushing through that and persevering, um, but that was a particular low point because it becomes a, a feedback loop. When you're when you try and start your own thing, start your own business, and you go broke twice, you've literally pumped fuel on the fire for everyone that called you an idiot because you proved them right at that time. It's just you got to persevere again and get up. You know, get down. The old adage in Chinese proverb: get knocked down nine times, get up ten. Like, and you just keep persevering through it, and it makes you better. Your mess becomes your message. Like the reason I work so well with people now is because I remember what it was like to be crap. <laughs> I remember what it was like to make really bad decisions. Um, and now you're just using them as obstacles and stepping stones. And that transfers into all areas of your life. I do the same thing now when I run, because I hate running. I hate it. Like, I don't yeah. enjoy running at all. I don't like any of it. Not one single bit. I hate running. But I use it as feedback for it makes me more self-disciplined. It makes me more psychologically stronger. Um, and I keep it. And then I, I kind of lean into that discomfort and just get used to it. Live in a perpetual state of discomfort. And you tend to be psychologically stronger in everything that you do. And who has helped you throughout this journey become uh, more perseverant, more disciplined, uh, and helped you overcome a lot of these challenges? There's a lot of people, and I'm I'm very fortunate. I have an inner circle of people now, by design. Like, my mum has always been my biggest fan. My sister is one of the closest people in my life, and I've got a couple of best friends who, by design, are in my inner circle. They're my people that I go to when times are tough and I've got questions and need different perspectives. But the truth is, it you, know, you never build that with other people. You're building self-discipline and building psychological strength and building on any weakness that you have internally comes from setting goals and setting challenges that scare you and attacking them and going after them. The reason I signed up for Marathon to Saab was because I wasn't sure if I could do it. And even until I crossed that finish line, because you don't know, you're in the middle of the fucking desert. Like, you don't know if something's going to go wrong, if you're going to get bitten by a snake, if you're going to get dehydrated, if you're going to run out of food, which I did. You don't know. So until I cross the finish line, you get a medal when you cross, you're like, oh my God, that's amazing, I did it. You, you build psychological strength off the back of that. The reason I, I've got like what I call foundation pillars of self-discipline, like I get up early every morning, you know, I get up at 4 or 5 a.m. because I hate getting up early. Like 
I, I, it's one of the things that I absolutely hate to do and I hate to run. So I always anchor my day with those two things because it's chipping away at it and making yourself more self-disciplined and making yourself more strong by doing things you don't want to do and doing things that challenge you. And then when you set big goals like a marathon or an ultramarathon, and I'm, I'm not saying for people to go out and do an ultramarathon or do an Ironman or whatever, like you're goal maybe to go from a couch to a 5k or to go to the gym from three days a week four days a week to five days a week whatever it is it's whatever you need to do that is slightly scaring you right now and then doing that consistently over time and chipping away at it every day that's what makes you psychologically stronger it's not really the people as such even though they're massive in terms of supporting you when you do need those pickups they're not the key ingredient the key ingredient is what you do every day and then setting targets for yourself and then making sure you're going after it not caring if you fail because you're better you know better to be the man in the arena fighting than the person that sits there talking about it you know you're better to go at it and i respect the hell out of anybody that sets a goal and falls flat on their face but they tried it's the people that are armchair critics and armchair warriors that are commenting i'm like you haven't done fucking anything i'm like who are you talking about (laughs) this person or that person doing this I'm like, you're sitting on a bar stool. Get the fuck out of here. Like, yeah. you know, that that's kind of... But anybody that sets a goal for themselves, small, big, or it's completely relative to each person, they're the people I respect and get fired up off. And seeing people do that fires me up. Um, so that's kind of a long-winded way of saying yeah. that it, it, the other people, there are external people that will help and support you and they're important, but a lot of it comes down to taking ownership of it yourself and what you do every day. And you see, like, this sort of energy, this that you you get, and this momentum from smashing a goal, like a physical goal. Has this uh, has this been transferable onto your business? Like, you speak in front of hundreds of people every year. Um, has that been transferable? Or, like, what was the route that sort of got you building momentum on one area and then sort of spread to others? Yeah, I, I think that's why I'm... So- so big on fitness in general relative fitness it doesn't matter you know couch to 5k half marathon full marathon triathlon weightlifting powerlifting strongman it doesn't matter physical setting physical goals rewires you in terms of how to be successful and i've worked for years with people in fitness as a personal trainer then as an online coach and now with people in online programs and sometimes we look at people you know particularly in say body composition where people go from a to b in terms of transformation you know six week 12 weeks six month 12 month where you're like whoa look how amazing they look and you see somebody carrying themselves differently because they've lost a load of weight or they've got so much stronger they've added 100 kilos onto their squad or whatever it is they've done over the space of a year or two years and we think that oh it's because now they look that way or because they can lift that weight they're stronger Generally, it's not. It's because they keep adding legs to what I call a confidence table, or they're setting small goals daily, small goals weekly, small goals monthly, and they're all adding up over time. And what you're doing is you're building up confidence every time you set a small goal or you set a target for yourself and you hit it. And the more often you do that, the more reinforced that gets. And when you do it in the physical realm, in terms of training, lifting weights, running, whatever it is you're doing, it tends to transfer directly into other areas of your life because the success they lose. You know, what makes you successful in fitness? Setting a goal, showing up every day, doing things you don't want to do. Like, no. Nobody wants to go in and get under a 200 kilo squat. You know, nobody wants to run 5, 10, 20 Ks for the most case. Nobody really wants to do that. But 
one of my mentors used to always tell me that successful people do what they have to do whether they feel like it or not and when you start doing that in the physical realm with training you start to do that with relationships you start to do that with business you start to do that with family you start to do that with all the other areas of your life and effectively how you do anything is how you do everything and one of the reasons that i personally and again you're your own best example one of the reasons that i personally set these physical challenges is because it transfers into other areas of life one coming back from the desert made me super fucking grateful for having a roof over my head like on day two when i was in the sahara there was a sandstorm time which blew away the tent it blew up one of the poles that was holding down the tent sliced through one of my tent mates hands we had to like curl up in our sleeping bags and lie on our bags so we didn't lose her because our food blew away we were fucked we had no food and i remember coming back for the first month of being back in my house i'm like oh my god four walls and a roof this is amazing like they're things you wouldn't expect to get from setting physical like that's an extreme one but sometimes it's just you know going in and be like i don't think i can squat 50 kilos and next thing you know you squat 50 kilos and you're like you see a guy or a girl at the bar and you're like oh i can't talk to them and you're like well i also didn't think i could squat 50 kilos and it transfers over and that's why i love fitness so much because it's so applicable to how you do everything in your life and it gets you used to setting goals hitting them and you build confidence as a result and like for me right so earlier this year this year's been massive for me for speaking and i actually held my own sort of coaching workshops and uh, this was a big jump out of my comfort zone and what made me realize how i could do that was i got out of a consultation and i had been i just I was out on a walk and I was just like, I keep repeating myself. So impulsively, I just put all the guys who had been uh, consulting with and things like that into a WhatsApp group chat. And I just said, guys, what would you think if I held a workshop, you got way more value for less money, uh, you got to hear me go through the systems more in depth. I even got in some guest speakers. What would you think of that? And they were all like, yes, 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 yes. And I was, I, I was overwhelmed with a response. But it took them to say yes for me to realize that I could do that, to have the confidence to go and do that. And when I done it, it was amazing. So what gave you, when did you realize that you could actually achieve this massive goal that you set out? What, I know you said you were scared, but when was the tipping point that you actually says, I actually have something in my body that I can actually do this? Uh, for me, it, it happened in, in terms of doing it in the desert. Yeah, in terms yeah. Of when, uh, it was on day three. So the structure of Marathon Assab is Marathon Day 1, Marathon Day 2, Marathon Day 3, double Marathon Day 4, but you have two days to do it, and then you finish with a marathon on Day 6. And on Day 3, I, I had prepared myself for the long day, which was 86 kilometers, a double marathon back-to-back. -back. I knew I was going to get through that because I had um, psychologically prepped myself for not sleeping i psychologically prepped myself for just pushing through regardless of how i felt and day one you still like i made may, back then before i went out there i was fucking terrified like the, the, the day before i flew like because what, what one of the biggest things i talk about on my channels is like people are always like man when does the fear go away when do you stop feeling afraid i'm like you fucking never stop feeling afraid like that never goes away like the only difference is that you feel the fear and you do it anyways that's the only difference like i still get that you know when i'm doing different things that are, that are pushing me out of my 
comfort zone. You know, I gave a keynote at Google headquarters recently and they were like, yeah, this is going out to thousands of people. I'm like, and I forget, I have thousands of people on my social media channels, but I'm like, fuck, I better not mess this up. Like, <laughs> so you, you get those, you, they never go away. You, you still have that inner dialogue of you're not good enough, you're not worthy enough, you're not smart enough, you shouldn't be here. Like everybody gets that. It's just that you end up overcoming it. In the desert, it was day three for me because I had already ran three back-to-back marathons and I'm like, right, if I get to day three, I can push through day four because in my mind, I was going straight through the night. You know, there was enough of a time limit on day four that if you wanted to sleep for a couple of hours, you could. I didn't. I went straight through the night and I knew I was going to be able, the last marathon, I'm like, if I have to fucking crawl, I'm going to get over the finish line on the last day. So my tipping point came on day three because I was already two marathons in about halfway through the third one. I'm like, presuming nothing goes wrong because there's so many things outside of your control in the Sahara I'm like assuming nothing goes wrong I don't get bitten by a snake you know I don't get caught up in a sandstorm you know something drastic doesn't happen with my food I'm going to finish it so it didn't come for me until I was three days in Um, and and the truth is until you cross the finish line you never know because it's outside of your control. I'm big on controlling the things that are within your control, but there's so many variables in the desert that are without outside of that that could go wrong that you don't really know until you cross the finish line if you're going to actually get to it because so many things. You could fall and break a leg. You know, it, it, mm. it could happen. You're, you're, some of the mountain dunes that you're climbing and running down, like you fall, your leg is straight away, it's going to snap on a rock. Like there's so many things that could go wrong, but they and it's always like that it's funny because in hindsight you're like yeah of course I was going to get through it but at the time you don't think that way at the time you're looking for a way out or you're looking on just staying focused on putting one foot in front of the other in in this sense but that's you know literal in the sense of a marathon figurative in the sense of business in the sense of relationships in the sense of everything else because you're just literally putting one foot in front of the other because you never truly know until you actually finish something or get to the end result if you're going to get there or not you'll always have that fear you'll always have that doubt it never goes away you said it yourself until you get the go-ahead where people are like yeah let's come to this let's get this set up and then people show up you, you never do i get same thing i get people hundreds of people coming to my seminars and every time i start a new one i'm like shit what if no one comes what if no one comes like but now i've made peace with fuck it if no one comes no one comes like that's that's the difference and that doesn't go away and anyone listening to provide value that there's nobody and again i don't like i'm not putting myself on a pedestal i'm not putting you on a pedestal i'm not saying me and ben are any different for anyone listening just that if you ever think that there's other people out there doing things and they're like, well, they don't get scared, they don't feel the doubt, they don't have fear, everybody has it. It's just that certain people have learned to control it better and do it anyways. Yeah. And you said um, on your own podcast about what got you through it was telling your daughter um, that you could go and achieve anything in life. Is that like, can you elaborate a bit on that? That, that was your main sort of visualization that got you through it? Yeah, it was really weird because that kicked in on the long day. Um, so on the long day, which is day four, 86 kilometers, about 50 kilometers in, because just to give context, the long day took me just under 24 hours, and I went ran straight through, went straight through the night, no sleep. And at about 10, about, about 10, 12 hours in, about halfway through, about 50k in, 
it was night time and it's freezing in the desert at night time um like think about the heat during the day it's the opposite at night time so you're running in the cold and you can't really see you've got a, a light on you're sleep deprived so you're kind of seeing stuff and i remember for what was definitely about 25 kilometers or 30 kilometers because i was running with two other guys and we were helping to pace each other um and there was no none of us were talking because we were all completely messed up and i just remember playing those two scenarios in my head i mentioned this on my channel that one scenario was that you quit and you're sitting down talking i was talk, talking to my daughter who's who's three and a half but in my mind because your mind plays tricks in you when you're so fucked at that stage i was in my mind she was 13 or 14 and she was struggling with something and i remember just thinking well if i quit this now and well, where the fuck was i going to quit i was in the middle of the sahara so it wasn't really an option anyway yeah. but in my mind i was like i could quit i could quit you know because you, you can call a helicopter you've got a um you've got something on your bag so you can call a helicopter and you can get pulled out and i remember thinking if i quit this well what do i because you you can make an excuse you can justify it and you because you, you can tell people oh yeah i got four days in fuck i did three back-to-back -back marathons you could tell your daughter look it was really hard but look at all these things i achieved and you could wrap a story around it but that would that would have been a lie it wouldn't have been the truth the truth would have been that i that i pulled myself out because i wasn't good enough i wasn't strong enough i wasn't psychologically tough enough and it was that that was playing over in my head i'm like you can't be a hypocrite you can't tell her to go push through these things when they're uncomfortable you can't tell her to make sure that you're seeing all your failures feedback you can't tell her that when life gets hard you need to push through and you're going to get fucking pulled out when it gets uncomfortable and i just kept playing that over and over in my head for about 25 30 kilometers um, and it's funny because it was so vivid because you're you're yeah, this is what you're focusing on you know you're focusing on putting one foot in front of the other and it, those that just kept replaying over and over in my head but again it serves as a point but like whatever you have to do to get you past a point of discomfort or past a point where you don't feel like you can do it anymore and that's relative that may not be in the physical realm that may be your job where your boss is on your back all the time that may be your relationship where you know you're just miserable in what you're doing and you can't get out of something or feel you're stuck in something you have to be stronger and push through it and th that's what that's what got me through um so again it's completely relative to each person and some people listening will have kids some people won't but find whatever your anchor is the thing that gets you through the, the uncomfortable times because that's what will push you past it that's your why like that's you know i love the victor frankel who wrote man's search for meaning he was a concentration camp victim in um in a, in the jewish concentration camp in auschwitz in world war ii and he said that if you can find a why you can survive anyhow um and i think that that, that really supported me in the desert and like you see now you're doing this business consulting and you're working with guys helping build their careers and things like that how do you get them to attach that why to their career like what like and what happens and like can you maybe give an example um so that we can maybe take this um not just from a physical element so from the business standpoint i'm massive on habits and tell me what you do every day and i'll tell you where you'll be in a year and when i'm working with people in their business i don't generally anchor a why as much because it's that's kind of the thing that will get you where you're at the point of breaking and wanting to quit and wanting to stop which which definitely happens in business but 
if you can get to the point where you're working on preventative measures, where you don't get to that point, you're going to be way more successful in your business. So generally what I tell people to focus on, and I did a full day consultation recently, um, on this today is Thursday, it was on Monday, and it's getting very, very clear on the end goal, on what you're trying to achieve, and then reverse engineering that backwards. So that end goal may look like the amount of money you want to earn, you know, six figures, you know, getting up into high six figures or just breaking into that or just being comfortable where you get out of your full time job and now your side hustle, the thing that you're focused on that you love doing is making more money than what your full time job was once doing, which was what I did with teaching. When when I was making more money in fitness than I was in teaching, I quit teaching and went into personal training fitness full time. And having that in goal is absolutely key because it allows you a point to work back from and then it's about doing the right things every day and then they're setting up your life that's making sure you're doing something every day that's moving you closer to that goal so in again context is key in the realm of 2018 2019 if it's building personal brand it's social media it's podcasting it's marketing it's putting yourself out there it's providing value to people if it's a, a monetary thing you find a way to build a package so that people pay you for your service or your product it's whatever the end goal needs to be, as opposed to actually finding a why and pushing through. If you can get it back before you're at the point where you're like, I'm fed up, I'm done, I'm done, I'm done, you're going to be way more successful in your business. Um, and again, then it's just context dependent on where you want to go. But anything is about knowing what the end goal is and then just working backwards and trusting the process and surrounding yourself with either people, either in a cons consultation frame or reading the books or listening to the podcast or going to the seminars, doing, being around the people who know how to get you there or cutting your own learning curve by listening to the podcast or reading the books. That's what's going to get you to the end goal um, and it's what's going to keep you on track. And when the days get hard, they don't feel as hard because you know you're moving in the right direction. Your ladder's against the right wall and you're climbing that ladder. Yeah, that's pretty, uh, that's pretty a really good point that you said about the why when you're quitting. So, for example, this podcast, I had wanted to start it all of uh, 2017 and I only got round to it at 2018. And the first ever time I'd done it, I'd done a solo episode about getting started. And when I sit here, I still remember that first episode because I shook my legs throughout it non-fucking-stop. And what I had to remember to myself was... Imagine I was listening to this. If I was listening to this when I started training, I would have absolutely loved it. So when I felt like quitting, I was thinking about what I was doing this for. And that's just from a uh, putting yourself out there, a confidence perspective. Now, um, it's habitual. It's it's not a, don't even think about it. So that's pretty that's pretty massive. Um, two, two really good viewpoints and how they're different. I really got a lot from that. What's your big end goal, Brian? And what are you doing? Like, to, what habits are you doing to align to get there? So it's funny because I'm very goal orientated. Again, you can even see here. Again, people can't see, but I've got a massive whiteboard even here behind me. <coughs> um, I'm massive on goals in terms of. I know I'm very clear on what I'm doing in say 2019 and I always write my goals and say first person as if I've already achieved them and then I'm just waiting for reality to catch up in kind of a self-affirming way but my goal has changed massively over the years and again you always give yourself permission to change your mind because my daughter is three and a half my goal is completely different now to what it was four years ago um, and right now the thing I focus on is the process 
and asking myself daily if this is all I got to do for the rest of my life, could I do it? And I'm, I'm, I'm huge on quotes. One of my favorites is from Buddha that if you can't be happy on the journey, how are you going to be happy at the destination? And I'm so focused now, even though I know what the end goals are, I'm so focused on the process and making sure that I'm enjoying it that and what I'm doing right now I could do for the next 20 years like I fucking love my life you know I get up early I get to train I get to come on and talk to awesome people like you when this is over now I'm running my podcast I get to write books um, I get to speak I get to talk and do consulting with awesome people I get to see my mum every day she now works for me um, I get to hang out with my daughter. We get to do it that one day. That's just me and her every week, a daddy-daughter day. Like, I can do what I'm doing now for the next fucking 20 years and fast forward on that because I'm loving the process. And all I'm doing now is constantly asking myself that. Anything in my day that's causing me too much stress or anxiety or that I'm not enjoying, I cut. And everything that I'm enjoying and stuff that I would do for free, I double down on. I'm in a very fortunate position that the things I do now that I get paid for, I would do for free. I get paid very well for speaking. And I fucking love to talk. My podcast is sponsored and I love to record my podcast. I love writing books and putting out my message. And I've wrote a couple of best-selling books. I'm very fortunate in the realm that I'm in and that I get to work in where I'm working. And I'm, I'm grateful for that. I, I don't take that for granted at all. I don't take people's attention for granted. The fact that there's people listening to us right now and you could be doing something else. There's people following me on my channels. I don't take it for granted and I try and put out that value as often as I can to reward the fact that people are giving me their attention. Um, and it's, I suppose it's just law of reciprocity on top of that then that you provide people with value and you get paid for your service and get paid for the things you get to do. Um, so I'm just focused now on keeping that process and making sure that if you ask me this question in two years time it's the same yeah one thing that i have noticed from talking and it's the last sort of thing i want to finish off with just because i know you've got the rush but there seems to be from when you're talking i'm quite visual there seems to be like you're going on a road and every single time that there's a there's a turnoff that some form of quote or some form of saying or education has stopped you and helped you keep going instead of getting distracted in your clarity. Would there be anything that you could like tell the listeners to go and read, to go and learn, to go and listen to um, that's really meant a lot for you to help build the discipline to overcome these challenges that you've overcame? So you made a great point there that if you visualize it like going down a road and all these side turns, um, and I use a very, very similar visualization in the sense where people are comparing themselves to what other people are doing, which is actually something that can really hold you back. And it's held me back for so long, particularly in my early 20s. I'm 31 now, but in my early 20s, I was very bad at looking around, my comparing myself to other people. And the analogy and the visualization I used to always picture, and I still do now, is if you're driving down a motorway, and you're looking left and right of you, if something pulls up in front of you, you're gonna crash your fucking car. And whereas if you're focused on your own journey, focused on the road in front of you, you can go fast, you can go control, and you end up getting to your destination faster. So before I get into any tools and tactics, 
having the end goal in mind is crucial because that blocks out the noise and it blocks out the comparison and it blocks out all the other things either side of you because you don't I, I, I'm the like I laugh sometimes on my channels when people are like oh do you know what so and so did did you hear what so and so did I'm like fuck no I didn't I was like I haven't been following them I'm like unless it was a fucking transfer for Arsenal or they fucking <laughs> someone injured for the goalie footballers like I haven't heard it so but people and that that's not down to it's just that's a strategic I'm big on systems over willpower where I build systems and I'm not looking at what other people are doing because I'm focused on what I'm doing and the first piece of advice I'd offer before I go into the books and the tactics or tips is be very clear on what it is that you want to achieve in whatever area of your life like I break my life into four quadrants health wealth love and fulfillment so I I, I literally give 25 percent scored each of those quadrants that just helps me because i'm a very addictive personality and i can go all in in certain quadrants like if i'm in health i could train four or five six hours a day and take my family take business take all of that for granted and just focus on one thing i can get very addictive business you know in 2016 when i was really starting to kind of take off in terms of my business and social media etc like i was just hammering that and i started making some really good money but at the expense of familial relationships personal relationships romantic relationships even my fitness and mental health were taking a hammering so i break my life into four quadrants now those health wealth love and fulfillment because it allows me to stay accountable to myself in in the areas that i may be falling down on um, and when I'm clear and, and I set myself those goals, my health goals, my physical health, mental health, my wealth goals, my bank account, my love, my romantic relationships, personal relationships, family, my fulfillment, the books, the podcast, speaking, things that make me, that fill me up from a fulfillment standpoint. I keep count on those and I set goals on those, in those quadrants. And then outside of that, when you get very clear on what you want to achieve, and for everybody listening, you don't have to be as clear as me. I've been doing this for years, and I've got clarity because I asked those questions and because I'm consistently coming back to it. You don't have to be that clear on all those quadrants. You may just have a goal now of adding some kilos onto your squat or getting your body fat down a bit lower or getting a little bit stronger or getting yourself where you feel a bit more confident so you can approach that girl that you fancied for six months like it's completely relative in terms of what you're trying to achieve for yourself to make yourself stronger but once you've decided that where your area once you've decided where your area weakness is don't fucking fool yourself like that was my biggest issue for so long was I would wrap a story around all my weaknesses and be like, ah, oh, it's okay. I don't need to be that smart. I'm in good shape. It's like, no, if you're a dumb motherfucker, start reading more books. Like that's, that's cool. If you're fat, get in shape. Like I got, I was in really bad shape when I was living in California in one of my J1s and I'm like, ah, oh, it's cool. I'm a student. It's fine. I'm like, no, it's not fucking cool. It's like you're out of shape. Get your ass back in the gym. Like it was a case of not, and I, I was always too soft on myself in, in terms of giving myself an excuse. And now I don't do that anymore. I just take responsibility first. And fair enough, there's times when you can't prioritize certain things. If you're out of shape and you're really focused on business or your family right now, then that's cool. But that's your priority. But just don't fool yourself into thinking that I don't have time because you do have time. You just can't prioritize it right now. And there's nothing wrong with that. But just don't kid yourself because that's falling down into a victim mentality. And I did it myself for so long. And it stopped me achieving the things I wanted. And I felt so fucking unfulfilled because I would always make an excuse for myself. I would always tell myself that it was okay. I would always be like, oh, it's cool. You know, other people can do that. You don't need to do that. Don't worry about it. Just focus on what you're doing over here. You know, keep going to the gym. Just get get a, get a six pack. You'll be fine. And 
that thought process held me back for so long. And if that resonates and you're listening and you're like, oh shit, I do that, I let myself off the hook or I give myself an excuse, stop doing that first and foremost. If you, ca you can't do everything right now, that's cool, but don't make an excuse first. And when you combine that with being clear on what you want to do and where you want to go, outside of that, then the books that you read, the podcasts you listen to, the people you follow are all going to help that. I bet I read a lot of books and I listen to a lot of podcasts and I listen to a lot of audio books and I consume a lot of information that moves my life forward. But that comes off the back of knowing that the smart people learn from other people's mistakes and you can learn vicariously through others. Like one of my mentors used to always tell me that you have to learn from mistakes, but nobody ever said they have to be your mistakes. And I'm constantly trying to cut that learning curve. And once you're clear on what it is you want to achieve, the books will come out, they'll jump out at you, the podcast will jump out at you. If you're trying to get in shape now, or you're trying to get stronger, or you're trying to get physically better, you're just going to start listening to your podcast, you're going to start potentially listening to my podcast, you're going to start listening to other people's podcasts or reading books that can help get you there. If you're trying to build your business now where, right, I want to build up my personal brand or I want to build up my consultancy business or I want to build up my personal training or fitness or health business, you're going to start seeking out those people on social media who are providing you with valuable marketing content. They're telling you how to run Facebook ads. They're telling you how to be a better speaker so that you can storytell and put your message across so you can build connection with people. You're going to start seeking out those books that give you the information and golden nuggets that can move forward in whatever it is that's most your area of your life that you're giving the most energy to right now. So it's a roundabout way of saying be very clear on the goal. Don't give yourself the excuse. And then the books and the podcasts and the people you follow will all support that envision if you're clear on what it is you want to achieve in the first place. I absolutely love that. That was a really, really good point to finish off with. And yeah, man, I love your passion. I love how you go about things. You've really, you've worked on yourself. You've worked on yourself an absolute ton. And it, you can tell it a mile. And uh, yeah, this this episode was absolutely crazy. Um, and I urge anyone listening to this to stop, make some notes, and listen to it again tomorrow. Give yourself a chance. Uh, give yourself a chance today to think about what uh, Brian said here. Come back, listen to it again. See if you get the same sort of things. And then, yeah, go follow his podcast. Go follow everything he's up to. Go download his audiobook. Go buy his book. Go to one of his seminars. And yeah, so Brian, where can the guys find you? Yeah, uh, you mentioned that there is the best um, podcast, Brian Keen podcast. Um, Instagram, Brian underscore Keen underscore fitness. Uh, Facebook, Snapchat, the whole lot is Brian Keen, um, Brian Keen fitness, etc. So, yeah, Ben, first, thank you so much for having me on. Uh, this is awesome. Uh, and for everyone listening, I was like 10 minutes trying to get my Skype working before we did this call <laughs> so apologies to Ben for waiting for like 10 minutes on me like a pure, pure, pure diva so apologies for that Ben and thank you so much again don't stress thank you